Hey, welcome to the 300th episode of the Cody Builds a Business podcast. It has been an incredible journey, and I've got a very special guest on our show today that's going to be talking about her new offer, how she pivoted in the time of pandemic, and what she's doing to step up and meet a need she saw in the marketplace. I'll see you there. Want to know what it really takes to build a thriving, profitable business from the ground up? Hey, I'm your host, Cody Birch, and this is the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, your unfiltered front row seat to watching me build a seven-figure online business from scratch or die trying. Let's get started. All right, we now welcome to the Cody Builds a Business Podcast, my lovely wife, Christy Birch. Christy, how are you today? I am well. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for drinking my incredibly strong cold brew iced coffee. Oof, yes. Packs a punch. Okay. Does it have, is it giving everything you need to be a great guest? I think so. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. Now, little known fact about us trying to do a podcast. We did a Facebook live a few days ago and about 22 minutes in, one of our friends, Jill commented, Hey, y'all sound weird. And then we listened to it and there was definitely some kind of helium effect or chipmunk effect. And I thought, well, that was strange. And then I did a, a Zoom call later that day with my coaching group. And then we tried it in uh, the podcast app as well. And I just had all day, I didn't know, it, we were recording probably a couple hours of content in chipmunk mode. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this all sounds great and people are enjoying uh, it here as well. Well, as you know, it's a special anniversary. It is the 300th anniversary of uh, Anniversary is probably the wrong word. It's the 300th episode of it's the anniversary uh, of your first episode, right? Yes, the 300th anniversary, <laughs> the 300th anniversary. anniversary of my first episode. <laughs> and I feel like before we get started, you owe my listeners an apology because this is like two weeks later than we intended to do it. Ouch! Right off the bat, coming in hot. Go ahead, they're waiting. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been a little busy. Yeah, that's what I wanted to chat about. I, uh, I'm, I'm kidding on the podcast. We have missed a couple of weeks here of producing the show because there's a lot going on. There's involuntarily, amazingly distance, what's it called? Enhanced distance education. Learning. Or Enhanced mm -hmm. distance learning happening just beyond the podcast studio here, which is in our home office. Hmm. And uh, amongst that, launching courses and running virtual events and doing client stuff uh, as well. So before we jump into what's happening and why I brought you on the show today, which is for a super exciting announcement, fill us in a little bit about your business, what it looked like, when it started, who you helped, things like that. Sure. Um, I started my business. I, I had worked for um, an entrepreneur for about 10 years in some you know various capacities, um, usually administrative, like while I was having kids and things like that. And then he decided that he wanted to start um, hosting his own conferences and his own events. And so that uh, naturally just kind of fell into my lap uh, as something that I would um, lead. So I just kind of learned as I went along um, trial by fire and found out that I actually really loved it. And I was getting really good feedback from people and people were responding well to the events that I was helping him host. Um, and of course that wasn't all due to me hundred percent. It was, it was his event, but um, I just, I just learned on the job basically for a few events um, that I managed for him. And then um, I believe the last two events that I did for him was after I had actually um, stepped away from his business and launched my own and he contracted me. Um, and so at his, a couple of his events, uh, a couple of my current clients were attendees at those events and had good things to say. And were like, you know, are you up for hire? And the same thing would happen, you know, throughout the years that people would come to the events I would host and then hire me to, hire, to you know, produce their events. And so it's just been a big like snowball word of mouth 
type of business. Yeah, there's a couple of things I wanted to point out about that journey. First off, that's how my business started, kind of, and also how a lot of people's business start. Now, there's a skill set that you had to be cool under pressure and stay organized and you have a nice eye for design and for experience. And so you had this built in skill set that coupled really nicely with, well, what if I started hosting events and you had done baby showers and awesome, awesome birthday parties. Like before Pinterest, you had some of the most like awesome birthday parties for our kids, which was really fun, just kind of from scratch. And so you had a built in skill set, number one, coupled with, well, anybody let me do this for free. And then that just kind of happened. It was this nice, this nice, uh, I don't know, the Venn diagram kind of overlapped of your skill set plus somebody who didn't probably have a budget for an event coordinator. And we just did it. And turns out it was really good. The other thing I wanted to point out is it, you weren't really uh, spoiled by a lot of industry events. You'd been to some, but it wasn't like a lot of people when they bring in, I don't know, coaching clients, actually, to be honest, I'm thinking like Taekwondo and they, they don't want you to have any bad habits or like if you're trying to correct somebody's golf swing, they want to say, no, I want to show you from the beginning exactly how the right golf swing should go or exactly how to break a board in Taekwondo. I don't want to have to untrain you. And so you had this skill set coupled with a person that had no budget that you knew that you had a relationship with coupled with you know, the ability to not have to unlearn anything and just think, well, this, this is just how events should go. Like, what if they felt like this? What if they, what if the experience was like this? What if everything they touched and walked every room they walked into and every song that they heard and every visual that they saw, what if it was really nice and thoughtfully planned out? Fair. Yeah, I'd say I had the gift of ignorance. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. I just thought, you know, what what would I like to experience? What would I like to walk into at an event like this? Um, and I did receive some coaching from, you know, the entrepreneur that was putting the events on because he had been to a lot and would say, like, they usually do this or that. Um, but then I would just kind of he gave me the creative license to go from there and create something that I thought would be awesome. Yeah. And so for people listening, uh, it if you have a skill set and a passion and you're looking for a way to start to get some testimonials and start to get some experience under your belt, definitely do that. Like the first ad campaign I ever ran was free for a friend of mine who ran a nonprofit. And the next one I charged a couple hundred bucks and then a couple thousand and, and then the rest is history. But if you want to try it out, then you can do what Christy did. She paved the way with a you know model that we can all follow. In fact, she was an entrepreneur before I was. She started her company six months or so, something like that, before I started mine, and kind of laid the groundwork of what that could look like. And then eventually, with this one client, she's like, uh, let's make this official. I need to get paid for these, right? Mm -hmm. And then, the, but even then, I don't remember what the fee was, but it wasn't what you normally charge now. Right. It was just a small fee. And then eventually got where, hey, this needs to be, you know, a normal fee, and then kind of parted ways. But the cool thing about that is like she said I remember being at one of the events and this guy walked up I was I was working one of those events as well we worked for the same guy uh and I was an employee and she was I guess a contractor and this guy walked up and I was at the back room and it was probably our second or third event and he said hey uh, excuse me this event is going you know like I want to tell you something and I was really impatient and I'm not super outgoing and I don't like chit chat and small talk so I remember being kind of disgruntled that this guy was interrupting whatever task I was doing I was probably making the powerpoint for the afternoon's presentation or something <laughs> like that and I, I was like, yeah, what's up? And he said, hey, I just want to say this event is awesome. Like, I'm really liking it here. I've been to a lot of events. I've spoken at lots of events and they've never been this good. And even then I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I, did, I, I didn't realize what you had created and what kind of the alchemy of what we were all working on then. Well, it turns out that guy was a guy named Yuri Elkame who has a top uh, health coaching website on the internet. And now he's a coach for I don't know, hundreds or thousands of other health coaches as well. So the super influential guy, luckily I didn't totally blow it with being a big jerk to this guy who now is one of your 
clients, you've run his events uh, for years. So mm -hmm. showing up, marrying your skill set with a cool opportunity and then making the most of the opportunity and then paying attention. I remember another guy, I don't want to just name drop all your clients, so I won't, <laughs> but another person that's one of your current clients, one of your better known clients, he said the same thing to me. Like, what does your wife do again? Like, oh, you're married to her. Like, what does she do? You know, is she for hire? Is she available to, I, I run events as well. And I love this experience. And then really one thing led to another and your business was really taken off. Yes, it was. Um, I would say leading up into 2019, I had, I was, I had great momentum with my clients. Events were going great. I was adding more clients, having talks with, you know, a handful of more clients to hire me on. I just thought, um, you know, everything looked amazing for 2020 to be my best year yet. I was super excited. Um, and then it didn't turn out like I thought it would. Well, we'll get to that in a second. But the cool thing about a, a big event management is you, the way your business works, you would get clients out into the future. So it's kind of comforting after you did it for a few years, you know, four and a half or five years, we looked at our calendar in January and like, well, you're pretty much full. Mm -hmm. I was going to do two live events in person. Uh, several of your clients were going to do big events. Some of them were going to do small workshops. And for the most part, you were totally booked out for 2020 and even into the first three to six months of 2021. So we were sitting pretty, we were making decisions in our life and our businesses to align with the potential for a really financially stable and secure year of growth for your business. Mm -hmm. And uh, my business was going well as well from the last year doing live events, thanks to your help. And then, and then it all changed, right? <laughs> it did. I was in San Diego uh, managing an event for my clients, Josh and Jill Stanton. Uh, and it was an amazing event. And that was the 28th and 29th of February because it was a leap day, leap year. Yeah. Uh, and I flew home and basically within the next, you know, two weeks, everything had shut down and I was on the phone canceling my other two events that were taking place in March and postponing other future, future events until I didn't know when until the next year. Um, and just really had an uncertain future. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my business. So what did it feel like to get an email from your contact at Marriott and it said, Hey, either out of office, like <laughs> we're not allowed to come into work or in some cases I don't work here anymore. <laughs> like your yeah. new point of contact. What was that like it to kind was... of watch your business, not crumble, but the opportunities and the doors that you thought you were going to be able to walk through in 2020, they started to shut down one by one. Yeah. It was really, you know, sad and tragic and cause it was across the whole industry, hotels, airlines, you know, the AV partners that I would work with, the furniture rental companies. I mean, everybody that's in the events industry has obviously felt felt it and been affected by this. So I would, you know, yeah, I was in talks with someone. I'd be emailing back and forth about postponing or recontracting or whatnot. And I would just get an auto, auto responder one day that, oh, so-and-so is furloughed or so-and-so doesn't work here anymore. And I'm being forwarded to their general manager. And it was just kind of surreal feeling like, yeah, the world was just kind of crumbling around me. Um, but even so, I was still just kind of in shock and in denial for at least a couple of months. Um, I know that very quickly people were saying you need to pivot to virtual events, pivot, pivot, pivot. That was the catchword for the year for my industry anyway, I'm sure for a lot of other people too, um, to where I just hate that word now. Uh, but I was just like, oh, you know, I don't want to have to learn this whole new skill and like, you know, do this whole launch a whole nother business when this is probably just a temporary thing. Like it's just going to last a few months. I'm sure my fall events in September and October are going to be fine. Um, so I'll just kind of hang tight and homeschool the boys and just wait for things to blow over. 
And it didn't take long for me to realize that that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. Well, coming up here in the second part of our show here, I want to chat about what happened. What what'd you do? What was that pivot? And uh, we'll see you there. So I want to talk about that pivot because there was still opportunity. You still had a skill set of putting on high touch experiences. You still had the client base. All of your clients were asking, and I was one of them. Like I had an in-person event scheduled for June. What do we do? Where, where's the, everybody, I just thought everybody panicked. And that's not, that's not a, unique to your industry. Everybody everywhere kind of panicked offline, online, all businesses were like, what the heck is going on? So I remember having a conversation with you where you said like, I could switch to, you know, being the tech per like really figuring out zoom and being the tech person. Cause for us, we use zoom all the time, but nobody really knew what zoom was. I remember a conversation I saw on Facebook that some of our pastors were having at our church about how do we do small groups and how do we bring the community together? And I was like, Hey guys, obviously use zoom and even cooler. There's a thing called uh, breakout rooms in zoom. You can break people out into breakout rooms. So I was no zoom expert by any stretch now, like we all are now in, in September, 2020. But I remember having that conversation. You're like, I just don't want to. And I thought, well, then you shouldn't do it if your heart's not in it. And if you don't want to become the Zoom tech guru expert, Zoom consultant, then you shouldn't do it. The kids need their mom and we got to figure this life out and, and decide what the pivot was going to be like. So talk me through, because it wasn't an instant decision. Like March 1st, events were canceled. March 2nd, let's make a pivot and start doing courses. Walk me through a little bit about what that journey was like and the gap between finding out events were postponed or canceled and then deciding your next move. Well, I honestly at first felt like a bit of a failure because I would see these people who seem to just pivot instantly to virtual events and now they're like crushing it. And I thought like, oh, I like, how did they do that? I can't do that. I'm, I'm homeschooling my boys. I don't have time to, you know, figure out like, how do I, how do I use Zoom to, you know, host a robust live event with thousands of people. Um, so on one hand, I kind of felt like defeated right out of the gate. Like this is a new skill. I don't have time to learn it. I've got a family. I've got, you know, things going on. Um, but then uh, I actually started to do my own research and um, attend other virtual events to kind of see how they were doing it. I'm a part of a lot of different associations and in, in the event industry, and they were putting out a lot of content and trying to teach people and and um, help them as much as possible. And um, so I was, I was like bits and pieces from a lot of different sources, compiling this uh, knowledge base of how to do a virtual event. And I thought, you know, I, I don't really have like a, there's not really a source for like this all um, encompassing, you know, knowledge that I'm looking for on how to host a virtual event. So I thought if, if I'm looking for this information and I'm having a hard time piecing it together and finding it in one place, I guess, maybe I could be that resource for people and I could create something for people like myself. Yeah. I remember, as I said, I was one of your clients walking through some of that and I, I didn't want to go to a virtual event. I wanted to do the in-person. I like to shake people's hands and have a glass of wine or the place we did our events last year. We had a great taco bar nearby and I liked to do that and have that social element of an in-person event. I thought, I don't want to pivot to virtual. So the event's just canceled. I'm just not going to do it. Mm. And then a few of my coaching uh, students said, Hey man, you wouldn't let us get off the hook with that, you know, you can have your pity party later, but people need your help and need to teach them what you need to know. And I was like, well, okay, fine. I'll do a virtual event, but I don't mm -hmm. want to do it. And so then you and I put our heads together and turns out in our post event assessment, every metric was awesome. Way more people signed up, way more people showed up, way more people stayed, way more people bought stuff, way less money was spent. And it was, it, there was just like no fuss. I remember that morning we're in my in-person events, 
you know, sleep a whole lot, you know, eat a whole lot. My last couple of times, like my back would hurt. I was losing my voice. Uh, all these things weren't present in a virtual event. It was very laid back. We did rent a professional studio. We did get some professional help uh, from one of our friends and he did such an amazing job, but it was so seamless. And for me, that was when I remember having the light bulb start to flicker thinking, okay, whenever, whenever Christy's ready, like I would like to help her do for other people what she just did for me, because you're right. It wasn't out there in the marketplace. There's some people talking about, here's the tech to use, or here's how to add a yoga meditation session, you know, engage your, like all these like tricks. I'm like, no, I need to know, how do I do this? How do I set it up? How do I market it? How do I pull it off? What are the, even I remember the, the day of the virtual event, I, I didn't have lunch planned. I just kind of forgot I'm putting on the event and then lunch just shows up. It's like, oh yeah, I, people, I bet they forget to order lunch and they only have an hour window and you just kind of had it all covered. So that's when the light bulb went off for me. When did it go off for you that virtual events might be something worth pursuing from an education standpoint? That's what I was going to say. I think it was your event was also the turning point for me because I got to see it firsthand and, and participate firsthand in a virtual event that was really a great success. I had heard from colleagues that they were seeing, um, you know, exponential uh, attendance compared to in-person events. And I, I was really skeptical when this whole thing started. I thought, you know, people I'm sure are like me and they think virtual events are lame and they're not going to show up and they're not going to be interested. And I, you know, I just was very skeptical of the whole thing. And then sure enough, you know, these reports from out in the field, people were saying, no, no, no. You know, we had two to three times the enrollment that we had in our um, or the registration that we had in our in-person event and enrollments were up two to three times as well. Um, so profitability was up exponentially. Attendance was up. And I thought that is interesting. And then when we actually got to host yours, we saw the same thing to be true um, for your audience. And so that's when I became a believer, I guess. So then then what happens? That was like June. Mm -hmm. And then I don't remember what happened next, but around July, I think we started to put the pieces together of, well, what, what might this look like? Yeah, it was July because mm -hmm. you did what, what I talk about a lot. And I've covered some on this podcast doing a founding members launch saying, well, we just need to get people bought into the belief that a virtual event might be able to help them in their business and that you might be the person that can help them provide that result for their people they feel called to serve, right? Just the belief, not the details, just the belief. And I've got, you know, I've got, I forget the episode number, but the, the decision, separate the decision from the details. So we did that and you put out a little call to the world and said, hey, I've been doing this stuff and everybody knows the pivot to virtual is happening and it's real and it's upon us. And it's also low risk. It's a great entry point into helping your, your group of people to make sales, to bring together a community, all these wonderful things. I'm looking for a handful of people who are willing to go with me in this founding members launch to give me feedback, honest, kind feedback, and then you'll save 90% on the cost of the program once it comes live and you get access to that as well. So that happened around July and we started to put the framework together. I think I just stole all of your thunder about the next phase of doing this, but there's a lot of, uh, I remember there was a lot of uncertainty on, okay, I've got this idea now. What if I had a course on a virtual event? But how were you feeling at that time? <laughs> well, the founder's launch was really uh, an amazing experience for me, first of all, to just have, to be able to fill it. Like I, I didn't, I mean, we just were like, I don't know, 20 people maybe. And, you know, I thought if I get 10, I'll be happy. And then it filled up, which it was very uh, encouraging. And I know you really helped promote it um, to your audience as well, but um, it was just very encouraging to get that support right out of the gate with when I hadn't even given them anything or, or taught them anything. There were just that many people that were like, hey, I believe in you. I want to hear what you're up to. So that was cool. And then really throughout the process, um, most of them stayed engaged and 
gave me feedback, which has been invaluable in this process of creating the course because they've made me think of it in different ways that I wasn't thinking initially, or they've made me reconsider how to structure it or, you know, what kind of, um, questions to address. And it's just been so helpful because, you know, when you know something in and out or you have an expertise, it's hard to know, like what, you know, what would someone who's completely green to this whole thing, you know, be thinking or wondering, or, you know, what kind of questions would they ask? So that founder's launch was invaluable to, I think the course creation process. Um, and so we're currently in the midst of creating the course, uh, but I'm really excited for what we're coming up with. Cause I think it's unlike anything else that's out there. I don't know that there's anything else out there like what we're creating. Well, expand on that a bit. What do you mean? There's nothing else like it out there. <laughs> um, well, like I said, I was doing, you know, in, in the time between, you know, June and August, I was doing a ton of research and, you know, market research and just kind of learning on my own, trying to gather all the information that I could. And I really didn't find anything I didn't find a course out there that really taught. I mean, there, there's one that you can purchase through like an association that I belong to of event producers, but that's the only one that I found of like A to Z, how do you produce a virtual event? Um, and so I thought, well, and also I serve a specific market that, um, you know, my clients do enrollment events, which is basically taking their audience and um, bringing them to a virtual event or an in-person event and then offering uh, you know, an opportunity to work with them further through a group coaching or a mastermind experience, something like that. We call those enrollment events. Um, and those are, that's kind of a, a niche market within the events industry. Um, and so I wasn't finding anything that was serving that audience. And then of course, the number one answer is how do I even begin to plan a virtual event? The number two answer is how do I fill my event? Like how, what if I don't have people, like how am I going to get people there? Um, in-person events as well. Like that's always the number one answer. And um, so I'm really excited that you are, have been willing to take that on for me and be that contributor to the course to answer that question for people. Cause that's, that's really exciting. And that's something that not other, you know, other events uh, courses don't offer. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited as well. So yeah, it is a good combination of the logistics of how do we, there's just so much to think of. And for me, like I'm your target client in a way, right? I'm a, for the most part, a solopreneur that likes to host virtual events or, or actually was on the fence by hosting virtual events. But if anybody has a, an expertise, a book, an email list, a, a, a following, a group of people that you feel called to lead, virtual events are a really great way to do it. And so the, the options from what I can tell from my purview are do it all on your own with a lot of Google and YouTube and sweating and late nights and things like that. Or you can hire it out. And the few people that we know that you can hire are exorbitantly expensive, mm -hmm. tens of thousands of dollars to run a virtual event. And those are fine as well. Those like those are for the like I saw Tony Robbins did one. I forget even remember how many people he had there. It was like 200,000 people or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he had just he was in the middle of this like sound stage and there were just little zoom windows all around him. And he had just I think there were there was a lot of people there. I don't remember how many people were there. Yeah. So there you see that and you go, is that what's is that what I need? Do I need a soundstage and 95 cameras and 400 Zoom accounts? And and the, for a lot of people that that I know that are in my coaching programs and my communities and even listening to this show and the people that you serve that are entrepreneur, solopreneur, passionate about their skill set or their mission or their expertise, they don't have the budget to pay the big dogs to you know fly to their studio, wherever that is. Uh, and they don't have the time to figure it out on their own. 
And that's why I think this course really will fill a need and meet people where they're at and say, no, listen, this isn't exorbitantly expensive. You don't have to do it all on your own. You're right. There's a lot of things that go into it. And the good news is here's all of your checklists. Here's the exact process. Here's how to fill the event. Here's how to conduct a great event. Here's how to make a great offer. Here's the 11 things that you need to do the day after your event that you're probably not thinking of right now all bundled up really nicely at a fraction of the cost of hiring you to even do their event or anybody else do their event that'll help people get, I really do think it's the A to Z of what you would need to put on your own virtual event. And I'm really excited to bring it to the world very soon. I agree. And that's the beauty of virtual events is it's so attainable for like everyone. Um, you can do it as simply as possible and it could cost you no money and it's just you, you know, with your laptop and your, your webcam or whatever in your office. Um, or you can go big, huge, fancy production like Tony Robbins. Uh, but you know, if you were ever thinking of hosting your own event, um, if that has ever crossed your mind, but you thought like, oh, I don't have the money to hire out an event space and, you know, hire out an event producer and pay for the food and beverage and all of that, that that entails virtual events are for you. Like that's, that's the perfect way to get your feet wet and just to try it out very low risk um, and very low cost. So I'm excited to help people try that out for the first time, maybe, you know, and just, and see what they can do. Yeah. I wonder how much uh, people that there's gonna be a lot of people, a friend of ours, Chandler Bolt, he talks about, uh, he helps people write books and he talks about this kind of this joke of like book babies, like a lot of book babies are being born during the mm -hmm. shutdown. And I'm assuming virtual events are the same. A lot of people are going to be birthing these virtual experiences for the first time ever. And then I, I, I would hope that people, once the world kind of gets back to normal where we can meet up in person again, maybe they'll keep the virtual event thing happening in their business. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a hybrid where they do virtual and in person. Meaning that's for me, I'd, I'd love to do one big in-person get together in 2021, mm -hmm. but then do several smaller virtual ones because they're so easy to put on. You don't need a long runway. You don't need a, a big list. I think our first event, a virtual one, we had 57 people there. It was extremely profitable. We had a ton of fun. People loved it. The reviews are great. We have another one happening in just about a week at this point. And there's already you know 40 or so people signed up for that event, which is going to be a ton of fun. And I can't wait to host it again. And so if you're on the fence about potentially hosting a virtual event, then uh, yeah, you just stay tuned. We'll tell you how to access it. Actually, I've got a link I'll put in the show notes because we decided, or I decided, I don't know if you knew that I did this. I cut the price of the course in half because it's not done yet. And so if people believe in you and believe in us and believe in the message and they wanna get in and they can access the first three modules of a five module course, They'll save a ton of money. I'll put the link in the show notes if you want to go check that out and see if it's for you. But it's been a ton of fun to put together. I'm super proud of the effort you've put in, the problem you saw in the uh, in the in the world, and then the gap there. And you just stepped in and said, "Well, nobody's going to fill this gap. I'm going to go ahead and fill this gap. I'm going to make a cool resource that people need that'll help them move their businesses forward." So, congratulations. Thank you, and thank you so much for your help and contribution. Well, it's been a ton of fun for people listening to the to the podcast. Uh, in the month of July, the month of August, I was documenting this whole journey a little bit on the podcast, but literally every day I was shooting a video on what we did to take your course idea. All you had was a name. I think that's all you had, mm -hmm. virtual event playbook. And, but no list, no followers, no subscribers, and no offense. So we all had to start there somewhere. <laughs> First 30 Facebook lives I did, nobody watched them. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's okay. And so th I thought this is interesting. Let's, let's, let's document this. And we'll look back in some amount of time and say, wow, that's crazy. Back in July, 2020, when this whole thing was coming online, all these videos were being shot. These frameworks were being developed. The color palette was being selected. The 
acronyms were being developed, like all this fun to me that I, I geek out about that stuff. So I'm glad we have that documented uh, as well. But anyways, the course is coming. In fact, once we stop recording, uh, stop recording tonight, I've got to go work on it. And uh, I'm excited to get started. And, and uh, again, congrats on bringing the super cool thing to the marketplace. Thanks so much. I'm excited. And that is that. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with my wife, Christy. Uh, and if you want to go check out that offer I was talking about in the end, I've got a special URL for you. You can go to virtualeventplaybook.com slash presale. Now here's the deal. The full course is going to be a thousand bucks. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be worth it. And you're going to love it. However, right now, since it's not all done yet, only the first three modules are done and we're rolling out a new module every week. So we're almost done. You can save 500 bucks. So if you want to host a virtual event or you want to scoop up this incredible course that she's been working on that I've been collaborating with her on, then go to virtualeventplaybook.com slash presale to save 500 bucks and get your copy.